Bonjour, film lovers. Did you know that you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio? We also have a website, realnerdspodcast.com, where you can find cool articles and other ways to listen to the podcast. You can also follow us on social, Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast, and Twitter and Instagram at Real Nerds. You can also call us at 720-6-NERDS-5. We will listen to it, we will play it, and we will probably commentate on it. Also, email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Anyway, enjoy the episode. I'm Andre Gower. And I'm Ryan Lambert. And you're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, officially the official podcast, not really, of Denver Comic Con, Pop Culture Con 2020, Thanksgiving edition. I'm Brian, and I'm with Brad. Hey, what's up? I tried to get you saying something really fast because you're eating a chip, and it didn't work. <laughs> oh, I know, I saw it coming. I can't believe how shitty the 1990 Ninja Turtles movie is. What? <laughs> I'm going to reach you that screen. <laughs> Corinne, hi. Hi, how's it going? Long time to see. <laughs> Good. Yep. Right. Good seeing you as always. Maskless. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Are we supposed to be wearing masks when we do this? No. Uh, no. He saw me yesterday when I was in Idaho Springs and I was wearing my mask. My new mm. one that my stepsister made for me. Oh, nice. Is it Star Wars themed like the ones Ryan and I have? Unfortunately, no. It has a. I have it over there. It's cherries. Uh, is it huh. Ninja Turtle themed? Uh, nope. It's, not. it's cherries. Yeah, hmm. it's still that. Yeah. Right on. Neat. Nice. Boom. Look at that. Brian, you still uh, there? <laughs> we're going to need something nerdier. <laughs> Sorry. And then the I'm other here. one I have, the other one she made me is Daisy. So, hmm. like, the nerdiest thing that she had was camouflage. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I feel like. Hunting people are nerds in their own way, aren't they? I don't know if that's nerdy or not, per se. I guess it could be. Well, th- again, they're not, like, nerd nerds, but they're, like, nerds in their own, like, area. Yeah. They know yeah. way more about hunting than I ever would. That's true. Yeah. They they do have a specific focus, and that's cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know what's, don't know what's going on with Brad and Ryan. Yeah, I know. They're gone. I just turned off my video to help the feed for everyone else. Me too. For some reason, it says my bandwidth is low right now, so. Yeah. It is gone. Well, we can still hear you, so let's keep the show going. (laughs) Well, I didn't want to interrupt Zach and Corinne and their wonderfully informative talk. Yeah, it's not informative (laughs) at all. What are you talking about? (laughs) But every week on Real Nerds, we see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. And this week, we're back to a standard episode as we're reviewing Extraction, starring Chris Hemsworth. Yes, we are. Now streaming on Netflix. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the good news is, is I think this is the last week where we're required to do a Zoom uh, podcast as the 8th. They're going to lift all the uh, restrictions around Denver County and stuff. Yeah. 
they're still going to be um uh, they're they're incrementally op- going to start opening things up again but the stay at home order is essentially done after the 8th at least in this tri county area here in Colorado yep uh, but yeah. I know, I mean, hopefully it doesn't get extended. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the hope, but, you know, it's, this thing's, uh, this thing has been unpredictable from the get-go, so I have no idea, you know, what's going to last and what's not going to last, you know? (laughs) I got an email today from the Alamo asking me what it would take for them to make me want to come back if they reopened. Wow. They're thinking about it. Uh, Play movies? (laughs) (laughs) It was mostly, like, a lot of you know, would you be willing to submit to like a temperature check as you walked mm-hmm. in the door? I was like, no. <laughs> like we have a non-invasive thermometer. Uh, uh, sure. Sure you do. Okay. They, yeah. Uh, a lot of them, they just like point it at your forehead. Yeah. Like, that's how we have to do temperature check-ins at work, Brad. <laughs> what? Is this a yep. Star Trek future? No, nope, yep. that's what they do now. They do that before they let people into the jail too. Yep. Wow. Yep. So, yeah. So you want to put yes on that one? Well, it's yeah, too exactly. Late. <laughs> it's not gonna. It's not gonna. Um, it's I could gonna, have sworn it said they put the thermometer up your butt first. Oh, that's the that Alamo whorehouse, not the draft house. Oh man, I just got to pay attention when I read. Yeah, you really. Uh, so we also talk about uh, movie news. There's actually some movie news that dropped today, and um, movies that are coming out, and what we've been watching, and general movie talk that's what we do here yeah movies will always be a part of us oh, hey vast stampede joined us i guess corinne's out on this one yep. oh man are we gonna get like over dramatic line reading what? <laughs> that's like every anime let's get out of here yep <laughs> yep i said it what you want to fight no, because that's actually pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yell, yell the whole script. That's that's an anime. <laughs> yep. Just keep yelling the same person's name over and over. Yeah, it's Akira. Fifty percent of anime dialogue. <laughs> it's the entire finale of Akira. Beautifully Everything. animated stuff, though. Mm-hmm. Everything yells. I wonder if we're going to soon be able to do around town with Brad again. Oof, let's let's hope so. That would be awesome. I, I would hope that the drive-in would try to open up soon, but it's not. <laughs> uh, yeah, everything is still pretty much closed. Um, you can get food and you, you can get groceries. So you can go to Harkins Theaters and get a big bag of popcorn and sodas, and you'll support them. Yeah. During this time, so that's a good option for you if you want to keep the theaters afloat. See, I wish the Alamo left their kitchens open because I would totally do like uh drive up service like order pizza go go there pick it up curbside i I think you can now in fact i think i got an email about that well they at the uh sloan's lake one like you have to order a meal pack so it's like this 60 dollar like make it at home thing that you can pick up from them but it's not like you know they'll brush out a pizza in a box for you that might be their next step though they might start doing that that'd be awesome that's what i would do but yeah, yeah, it's like a it's a dine at home type, like mm. you know, freshly kit, like blue box. Yeah, like blue box. Yeah. yeah. So. Ugh. So, anyways, these are the movies that are coming out on Blu-ray next week, this week, tomorrow. 
DVD releases and Blu-rays. Um, the movie that killed cinema, Bloodshot, will be available on 4K. Uh, that's according to Henry, is what killed it. Um, and then we've also got 4K of 47 Ronin with Keanu Reeves and also a steelbook of it. So um, nice that that film's getting a resurgence, I guess. Um, another new release is Gretel and Hansel, only on Blu-ray. Um, then the 4K of The Mask of Zorro um, from 1998 with Antonio Banderas and Anthony Hopkins. Um, back up for a second and just point out that yet again, 47 Ronin is getting a 4K re- release, but Last Action Hero is on a non-remastered Blu-ray. I know. It's, it's really aggravating. Yeah. Well, they're also different companies, so th- this is Universal making decisions, not Fox. It, it is frustrating. Um, Sony owns um, Last Action Hero. Yeah. And Sony also put out The Quick and the Dead on 4K. I think they can put out Last Action Hero on a new remaster. <laughs> yeah. No, and someday no. they'll all be the same company, so they should just <laughs> on it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, there is a steelbook of The Incredible Hulk from uh, 2008 with Edward Norton, but it doesn't, um, it's, it's, a, it's a universal steelbook, so it's not going to fall in line with any MCU steelbooks that you've been grabbing. So it's going to look inconsistent, but whatever, I suppose. Uh, movie nerd fun fact is not all my Marvel still books look the same. Because oh, you have different ones from different releases. Because I think the uh, the Civil War one I got... Whoa, cool. The Civil War one I got is way cooler than the one they re-released. It's um, Captain America's shield broken on half of um, Iron Man's mask that is broken. Mm-hmm. So, and the Black Panther one I got is way better. Nice, nice. Is, is that Civil War one 4K though? So what I did is I uh, bought the 4K Civil War and put it in the old Steelbook. So you do have the other one. Oh, you I probably just bought a non-Steelbook version though. I bought a non-Steelbook version. Yeah. Why would I spend another $7? <laughs> to have both? <laughs> nah, maybe what's the point? Um, I feel like this one today, and now I feel like this one today. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> I, I do say what's the point, but I do own every version of Spider-Man Homecoming, so... <laughs> honey, honey, look at these two versions of the same DVD I have. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun purchase. I'll never forget <laughs> that. I I got the Homecoming, you know, still book at Best Buy, and then I found out that there was a bonus disc only at Target on the, in this, like, yearbook-style uh, packaging. So I went there, and Laura and I were there, and I put it in the basket and she said you already have spider-man homecoming i said i don't have this spider-man homecoming <laughs> it's spider-man though it's like you know yeah that that's i it identify like that's specifically c- catered to you if you've been like yeah i'm gonna get two versions of uh the breakfast club i don't know like <laughs> that's uh then i i, I probably fall on her side but you like your identity is spider-man you you if That's you're not I mean. buying everything Spider-Man, like, what are you even alive for? That's what I'm saying. And the funny thing is, is she, uh, she doesn't tell me, you know, I can't believe you got that. She gives me a look of, I'm really disappointed in you. <laughs> that, that's, that's what you would spend your money on. You have a kid with you that we got to put through college, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, though, um, you can also get Tigers Are Not Afraid um, uh, for, on a Blu-ray from RLJ Entertainment. Um, the Lodge uh, from this year, which Ryan, you saw, right? I did. 
Yep. Okay. You can get that on only Blu-ray with no uh, features. Nope. No features. It's, it's, it's a, it's a cry and shame. Um, Kino Lobo is putting out uh, Bright Rock from 1947 with Richard Attenborough and um, uh, A Thousand Clowns um, with Jason Robards and Barbara Harris and An Inspector Calls with Alistair Sim. Uh, and last but not least, they're putting out Marijuana and Narcotic, part of their Forbidden Fruit collection. This is volume four. Marijuana is spelled without a J. Oh, cool. So, so, so you know that it's from a time when people who were against drugs were also illiterate. So, <laughs> uh, but there's also Forbidden Fruit Volume Five, which is Tomorrow's Children and Child Bride. Ew, disgusting. Um, so yeah, uh, and then the uh, tw- uh, this year's released, I still believe, which I guess was doing well box office wise before everything got shut down, um, and. Uh, uh, it looks like that Jesus, the Jesus Rolls, which is supposed to be that spinoff of Jesus from The Big Lebowski, is coming out on DVD and Blu-ray. So if you want to see that, you can check it out. I have virtually no interest. Um, and it looks like uh, that's about it. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, Brad, I did like that in this week's uh, podcast, you put the old school bumpers in. <laughs> It's always oh. a treat to hear Joe. <laughs> I've been oh. doing that for years. I know. I'm saying like you, you change it up. I like hearing it though. Okay. But yeah. Uh, the week before it was Ninja Turtle bumpers, which was pretty sweet. That's what I mean. Like I, I just like going back and forth. I love how Corinne has no input in what we're talking about right now. Her mute has not moved. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to say? I'm just, I'm just letting y'all take it, take it from here. All right, go back to mute then. I, I don't I don't even care about any of those movies that Zach was just talking about. Who cares about bloodshot? Stupid. How do, you, how do you know it's stupid? Maybe it's the maybe it's it's a story about how his family betrayed him. I don't care. I don't That was a fast and furious people. joke. Yeah, I, and also I highly doubt it would be as entertaining as that. But <laughs> maybe it's about a guy who stays up all night writing so much that you know his eyes, his eyes are bloodshot <laughs> <laughs> it's a serious human drama <laughs> yeah all the stuff in the trailers is just like his fantasies that he's writing and yeah it's actually a really serious drama. that sounds way more interesting <laughs> it's just barton fink but with vin diesel playing all the roles Ooh, it could be like little vignettes yeah sure right? why not <laughs> like those movies that zach always likes yeah i love, I love a good vignette movie why not <laughs> Ballad of Buster Scruggs is an amazing movie and should be on Criterion Collection, guys. Yep, you said that last week, too, and no one cares. And I'll say it again until the Coen brothers have everything in a physical format. Fuck that. Last Action Hero should be on Criterion. Yeah, we need to to get that campaign in full swing. You really should. should. It's like a Shout Select title begging to be made. Because you know how cool of a documentary you could make of that movie? Oh, yeah. That's it. You you guys keep doing the show. I'm going to write a letter. Do it. Get a hashtag going, Brad. Free the last action hero 4K cut. Yes. Sure. <laughs> With bonus features. Yes. Free the hero 4K. And, a, and documentaries and interviews and commentary. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just throw everything that they'll have to clear legally. Yeah. Now, just to contact Arnold directly because I think he's the one who's going to spring springhead out of anybody. Dear Mr. Schwarzenegger. 
Mr. <laughs> I can't spell. Drunk when you're writing it. I'm I'm trying to figure out how to spell it, so I'm 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 phonetically, yeah, that seems right. Dear Mr. Schwarzenegger, release. <laughs> I'm typing like Ryan in the first season of the Realtors Pod Show. <laughs> Out on Blu-ray and DVD. That's right. Order from. Because we care about our media. That's right. Every episode has. Uh, commentary yes yep and the whole, se- now whole, it does. <laughs> the whole series has an hours long uh cut of bloopers yep yep stuff that makes our parents not proud it's really <laughs> amazing oh yeah anyways um, yeah I'm, I'm i'm getting to work on the banners facebook banners for the our last action euro campaign continue wait what the hell accident what Sorry, I keep on accidentally muting myself. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so I know I'm a great father because Kellen's starting to say holy shnikes. Look, look how much is there? He's killing zombies right now in um, Minecraft. Very good. Good for him. I thought he said Allah Shazam or something just now. <laughs> what did he say? Uh, I like him. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does. He says that for uh, magic stuff. Ah, ah gotcha. Um, has he, he says, seen the Shazam movie? He probably has. Yeah, of, of course. <laughs> yeah, what a PG-13. That's only a suggestion. <laughs> uh, I showed him R-rated movies like Army of Darkness. That's Ryan, how cool I don't of... think I saw my first R-rated movie until I was like 12. It's not my problem. Your parents aren't as cool as me. <laughs> yeah, they probably love me more. No, I love my son so much that I let him see R-rated movies. Uh, I don't know. That's debatable. <laughs> Uh, nope, because Army of Darkness is silly. It's not... I bet now it'd probably be a PG-13 movie. I don't know. I've never seen it, so I can't say. Uh, apart from one shot with uh, the nudity, yeah, you probably could Well, even one. with the nudity, I bet you can still get a PG-13, because it's not, like, blatant nudity. They're kind of covered, you know? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, have to watch, I have to rewatch the movie. I can't remember how it's... How can you not remember every shot of that movie like me? I don't know. How can you not remember Jackie Brown like me? Because that one's like three hours long. And it's amazing. You Army of Darkness is 85 minutes, I think. Well, depending on which cut. <laughs> well, even the extended cut's 96, I think. Good to ah, go. Yeah, I guess that's just only like 10 minutes longer. Yep. But. Anyways, movie news. It's real news. Um, I guess we'll start with the most recent news. Is Taika Waititi is making the Star Wars movie. Seems like that's the big news of the day. Um, he's going to be co-writing it. About did they say anything? They didn't say anything. They just said that the co-writer will be Christy Wilson Carnes from 1917. Um, wow, that's a really weird team. Yeah, no, but I mean, she's a talented writer, so uh, we'll see what they can uh, cook up together. But I'm just thinking, like, Taika Waititi is mostly known for his comedy, and 1917 was a very dramatic movie. Yeah. Get the best movie ever out of this. It's going to be really weird. Well, what you do is you have her write the serious battle scenes, and then you have him do all the goofy stuff. Sure. Mm, If only there was some... If only there was some kind of precedent where this has happened before, we could find out how it's going to turn out. Hiring a comedy writer to make a Star Wars film. Wait, who? 
the twenty one jumps jumps you guys. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. We all yeah. turned out. We got Ron Howard, which is cool, but we got we we missed out on something. But and, uh that's what Taco does like, is way more experienced because he made Thor. The- but he also has like a unique voice and I feel like every time they've been like Hey, we're hiring cool young directors to make a Star Wars movie and then like by the time they get to the finish line they're just, you know, all that uniqueness is squashed out and they just like, Well, you're gonna do it the Star Wars way and then they, you get like Except they, for Ryan Johnson, who got all of the backlash. Yep. Yeah, I, I want I don't want Taika to get that backlash. Yeah, but unfortunately, the it, it, Lucasfilm needs to decide if it wants to make generic things or if it wants to, it, it needs people like John Favreau who are able to create uniqueness but play ball with them because that's what they want. They don't want unique voices because otherwise they would have kept Johnson on for other things or they would have like fought for him a little harder. That's what I'm saying. It's like they're hypocrites. Like they keep hiring young savvy directors, but they keep forcing him into their mold. And I just don't think it's going to turn out the way they think it's going to turn out. At any rate, Ryan Johnson, is he still directing his trilogy or anything? I, I haven't heard anything. I think he's going to be doing that knives out sequel before he does any more star Wars. Cause it sounds like he's more into that at this point. Mm-hmm. Cause nobody really, nobody really was like, Wait, we've been upgraded by the host includes unlimited minutes. Brad? Thanks, Brad. Nothing's happening on my end. I did sign in as me, so I forgot to do it as James, but I think James is in meetings today, so I don't want to take his account. Okay, so oh, okay, I'm confused why did you upgrade it? <laughs> it's still recording, so Yeah, okay. Brad upgraded it. He's cool. I didn't do anything. Well told us you did, so you're cool. Maybe it's you only get like a like a couple of free upgrades because I know that that first happened when my work started doing the virtual meetings. Like we just got automatically upgraded the first few times. Yeah, they're just trying to sucker me into a you know give me a free taste so I <laughs> yeah. buy it, buy the big account later. They're like they're like drug dealers. Here's a little exactly. taste. <laughs> yeah, you want some more now, don't you? <laughs> um. We had a death this week. Sam Lloyd from Scrubs passed away. Um, he's more than just Scrubs. Um, he was uh, also just a co- character actor who worked his ass off in so- shows like Spin City, Seinfeld, Desperate Housewives, Shameless. Uh, but he had been um, battling cancer. So um, died at the age of 56. Uh, well, Life well lived. Um, he's, he's funny. funny. On Scrubs, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, Love yeah. him on Scrubs. And he was um, that the the acape- uh, the acapella group that he has on Scrubs is an is his actual was his actual acapella group, um, and they used to do actual concerts. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, uh, terrible loss. He will be missed. Um, the last big piece of news, unless I've missed something, is uh, uh, AMC and Universal uh, have um, uh, how should I put it? Uh, gotten into a big old bickering fight. No, uh, guys, don't fight. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and it started uh, unfortunately on Universal's end. Um, they had already previously announced that Troll, Trolls World Tour would be released on a VOD platform um, ahead of, in, in lieu of its theatrical release. The initial plan, as far as it was clear and uh, beforehand, was that they would also release it in theaters once theaters opened again. However they went ahead and bragged about their uh, numbers for the first weekend, which uh, explained that they ended up making $90 million in profit in the first weekend, 
which is way more than they made with the first Trolls in theatrical release for the entire release. So they made a comment about how they would like to start doing simultaneous releases in the future, and AMC uh, jumped at that very hard and basically said, we're no longer showing Universal movies at our theaters because of that comment. Universal would then then went on to clarify its statement the way other studios have had to clarify this statement in the past couple of weeks, but it seems like AMC's not backing down from it, and now Regal has uh, joined the uh, uh, the the boycott of Universal titles as well. So no no word from Alamo or Landmark Theaters or uh, even Cinemark Theaters as to whether or not um, they're going to continue to hold Universal titles. I think that this is. What's 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 unfortunate is is that these studios do still have to make money for the product that they've already produced and were initially planning to release, and I think they're making comments about things we'd like to do to avoid calamities like this in the future with simultaneous releasing. But the theater the theater industry is obviously going to take that hard because their entire business has been shut down in this pandemic, and they're losing money daily. So well, what I also actually. The only comment I'll make is what I think Universal might have a hard time accepting is the reason it was so popular is because it was the only thing that people could watch at the height of this uh, closing yeah, of everything. Exactly. So would, like, the, would it still do as well if you, know, you went straight to video on demand if there wasn't the coronavirus? I don't know. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like nobody's in, None of the studios are taking into account the fact that we're virtually given no choice in this matter in terms of how we view our our entertainment right now. And the theater experience, it feels like that theater experience is never going to go away primarily because there's always going to be an excuse to go outside and go out and do something once those restrictions are lifted. In fact, it seems more than likely that there will be at least some kind of small boom for theaters once they're able to reopen because people will want to go out to the movies and it looks like from all indication that Tenet will be the big release that week. Um, so, you know, like, again, I, I don't blame Universal for doing what they did. I think they should have clarified their comment initially because now they're going to feel a hurt, but also AMC may need to back off because it was Universal. They're losing a Fast and Furious movie, which I know we're not huge fans of that franchise, but let's be honest. Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Whoa. Fast and the Furious. Uh, Well, The Rock's not going to be in this one, so I probably don't care as much. No, but but it will still make a billion dollars because people do do care about that franchise. Um, We'll see. But at any rate, uh, yeah, and it, it seems like Warner Brothers has gotten close to teetering this edge, but they've been able to somehow keep everything afloat. Because they're, they're, they're releasing Scoob uh, in lieu of a theatrical release just straight onto VOD on the 15th. So, um, so yeah, we'll see how this battle all pans out. Um, I, I guess an addendum to that news is that Christopher Nolan is working day and night with the IMAX team to make sure that Tenet is ready for its July release. Because I'm so all, excited to see that movie. I am too. And all points indicate that it's still going to make its release date. So, because Warner Brothers has not announced any budging of it yet. So. Yeah, uh, well, the governor of California today said movie theaters are still like a month away from opening, which puts it about in line for them to show legacy titles in California yeah. before Tenet comes out in a, a month after that. So, 
Right. I mean, me personally, I'm not afraid to go to the movies. I'm not afraid to go places because, I mean, there's really not much you can do about it. You know what I mean? You're either going to if you live act, in a, If you, you act responsibly, you should be able to go, but... Exactly. Yeah, I can obviously, wear a mask through a movie. It's fine. Yeah. But obviously, the... the um, uh, um, uh, the the business itself has to be comfortable with reopening too, because they have to make sure that their employees aren't at risk and all that. I don't think businesses actually care. I think they care about the money. That's true. Yes. They they care about not getting sued. (laughs) Yeah. That's well, that that's again, it ties into it, whether their motivation is pure or not, which it probably isn't obviously. So anyway, that's news unless I missed anything. Uh, Nicholas cage is going to be playing tiger King. Yeah, in another Tiger King series that has nothing to do with the Kate McKinnon one. How many Tiger King series are we getting, guys? How many? Is it two? I tell you, I I just love these tigers. (laughs) Who cares? I'm not watching it just because I pissed off Watch it. Nope. Do it. I I told Henry I wouldn't, so I'm not going to. Ryan, you're on the Tiger King train now? No, it's an okay documentary. It's just everywhere. It's a documentary that nobody... Nobody got the actual intent of it. They're just focused on pointless human drama when that's not the point of the documentary. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the it's big <laughs> about the whole thing was. I it's watched cool. it. I was like, I think it just it, came out at the right time. The, the, Probably. Yeah. Then the point is, is that it's about the abuse of those animals. But everybody's so concerned over whether or not Joe is innocent or guilty, or if Carol's innocent or guilty. I'm like, guys, it's about how these animals are getting fucking abused. <laughs> like, <laughs> So, but anyway, that's news. We also watch movies throughout the week, and we're going to share with to you about them in segment we call "What You've Been Watching." So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Corinne, what you been watching? So Zach just left again. Why does this always happen? I feel like this happened again last week. He's right he, the same he, time. He just he went off to cry off. about Tiger King. <laughs> yeah. I love that fucking movie. They're not treating me animals. <laughs> well, Ryan, do you want me to talk about the blacklist first or last? Not at all. That's not an option. I, well, then it's it's your time. Talk about it however you wish. Okay, I'll just get it out of the way first. Um, So this was the wrestler stupid. origin story. Yeah, I know. It was stupid, Ryan. Lame. <laughs> So this was the wrestler origin story that I was telling you guys about. That um, so his brother, who's played by Anthony Michael Hall, met up with him, and he's like, "There's this field that we buried a dead body in that they're gonna develop, and if we don't dig it up, they might find it. So we gotta grab it right now." And so he goes back home with his brother, and they dig up the dead body of. So their dad was like a police officer, and they found out that his partner was responsible for his death. So they killed the partner and it was just like this whole to do. And it was ultimately really boring and pointless. And they tried to do this. Mm, Sounds like the series. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, They tried to do this like switcheroo thing where they make you think that. um, So agent wrestler, like the character we see in the series was the kind of like older straight laced brother and that his younger brother um, in the flashback is like the fuck up and um, that he was the one who initially shot the partner and the older brother is the one who cleans it up. So, cause like the brothers never say each other's names 
So they make you think like the older one who looks kind of more like Diego Klattenhoff, who's the guy who plays wrestler on the show. And then the younger brother looks kind of like Anthony Michael Hall. I mean, at least he had like darker hair and stuff. But I'm like, yeah, that's really convincing because um, Anthony Michael Hall is 12 years older than Diego Klattenhoff. And you're going to try to tell me that he's the younger brother? Sure. Okay. So anyway, the whole to-do was like, we think that wrestler's younger brother, the younger brother in the flashback was the one who shot and killed the partner, and that the older brother covered it up. But then we find out that wrestler, uh, agent wrestler that is, is the one who actually killed his dad's partner, and his older brother, played by Anthony Michael Hall, covered it up. And it was just really stupid. <laughs> and it's like, why do you have to do this so un- in this unnecessarily complicated way? And then, like, Liz comes in and saves him at the end. And then she has this whole speech where she basically was like, oh, I did it because my life is shitty. And you're, like, the one thing in my life that isn't. And I'm like, what a way to, like, take away a moment. Like, Wrestler was supposed to be the main character of this entire episode. And instead of using that moment to, like, reflect on how far he's come or how much he's grown since you met him or how much you you two have, like, grown as a team, she instead is like, no, my life sucks, and you just don't. So that's why I saved you. And it's like, yeah, that was really – I hated the way that they framed that. Why do I watch this show again, guys? (laughs) I don't know. I I can't even follow your descriptions of what happened in the show. I know. Well, that doesn't help that you've never seen it, but it also was kind of awkwardly framed even as I watched it. I don't know. It was just stupid. So I guess if you want to watch Anthony Michael Hall get wasted in a TV show and not not wasted, (laughs) like drunk, like he is wasted on the show. Um, Oh, Oh, I get it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the show wastes his talent and everything anyway so yeah. that happened and now like this next episode is supposed to be about Dembe's imam who got kidnapped and Katarina is going to be like you tell me the information I want to know about Reddington or I'm going to kill your imam and oh boy I mean this show is all sorts of stupid so never watch it any of you Listeners, don't watch the show. It's terrible. Don't have to worry about that with me. Yeah, I know. I I know I don't. (laughs) So on to better things. Um, After watching Predator 2 last week, I really was like, yep, Danny Glover's amazing. And I loved him in Angels in the Outfield. So I found Angels in the Outfield. And I watched that. And it's a really good movie. And I love Danny Glover. And I forgot, like, how many, like, now A-listers are in that movie. Um, I didn't, I don't know if I knew, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays the main kid. I mean, I must have known that in the back of my mind somewhere, but I just, it just didn't click for me until I saw it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That's weird. Um, and, uh, Matthew McConaughey is in it, which I knew that. And then Andrew, Adrian Brody is in it, too. And it's just like, holy shit, like, so many people who are famous now, this was like one of those movies they did kind of like as they were starting to get famous, I guess. Did Danny Glover replace Christopher Lloyd? No, no, Christopher Lloyd's still in it. Okay. 
So Christopher Lloyd plays the main angel, Al, and then Danny Glover plays the manager of the angels. Mm. So they're different characters. But yeah, I think like the movies, like the main stars of the movie were Danny Glover, Christopher Lloyd, and Tony Danza. And then you watch it and you see all these other people that you recognize. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, who cares about Christopher Lloyd? Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Matthew McConaughey are in this movie. <laughs> so... Yeah, this is a trip down memory lane, and I guess, like, one thing, re-watching it, is they spend a lot of time, like, focusing on the relationship that's kind of building between, like, the coach and the kids. They don't really, or, I mean, the manager, I guess. So the manager and the kids, like, they get ample screen time, which makes sense because, like, he adopts them at the end. But we never get to see him building a relationship with his team. And there's this, like, nice moment at the end where, like, all the teammates stand up and they're like, I won't play for anybody but this guy. And I'm like, why? We haven't seen anything that makes you, like, why would you do that? Like, it just, the movie didn't sell me on it, but I'm like, it's a kid's movie from the 90s. I don't know if, it's it's not supposed to be perfect. So, anyway. Um, And then the other thing, I started watching Cowboy Bebop. I'm six episodes in, and I'm not really impressed with it so far. I mean, it's not bad, but I don't know. I just, it must be like a slow burn or something, because I just keep waiting for, like, stuff to happen, and they're they're doing more, like, Monster of the Week type, well, not Monster of the Week, but, like, Crime of the Week or Bounty of the Week type stuff. And I'm like, okay, are we going to get to, like, the cool shit soon? And like I said, I'm six episodes in, and there's, like, some fourth character that I keep seeing in, like, the main title sequence who hasn't been introduced yet. So I'm like, well, we're still waiting for that character to make their appearance, whoever they are. Oh, and I hate Faye. She's so annoying. (laughs) Brad, you've seen Cowboy Bebop, right? Yeah, I'm surprised you find Faye annoying. Oh, she's so annoying. So I'm guessing Ayn and... God, it's been a while. Jet? Spike? No, you're talking about like the little kid, right? That's the character that hasn't shown up yet? No, yeah, the, yeah, the kid hasn't shown up yet. But yeah, Faye's the the one who like... Gosh, she dresses like a hooker. Why do, the, why do all the women in anime have to wear like slutty clothes and stuff? And... Like, it's not just, like, she wears skimpy clothing, but it's, like, how the camera... I'm sorry, wait, 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 because it's awesome? <laughs> no, Ryan, I this is the problem. Like, shows like this objectify women, and I don't like it. I don't... Oh, it just pisses me off. Anyway, but it's not just, like, she wears skimpy clothes, because, like... It's not really for you, though. I mean, they're for uh males. It is for me. I'm watching it. Yeah, so, but they did <laughs> but, but they didn't make those characters for you care i'm watching it anyway they exactly should, so they you're just gonna have to just gonna have to also, suck it up and be okay with them being uh, objectified well that that's unacceptable we should have less media that objectifies we shouldn't have any media that objectifies women really but anyway what about men without shirts you know it's okay to objectify them i mean really, oh okay just checking is that a problem ryan i'm just checking i want to see make sure you play both sides here I don't, didn't you see last week whenever Brad was playing that whatever video with the guys who were like in Speedos and stuff, and I was like, ah, no. 
I don't want to see it. Nobody gets objectified, okay? It's, it's, How about it's, it's, that? It's okay for people to be sexy, Corinne. Okay, it's not... I'm not saying she can't wear skimpy clothes, period. I'm so just how, do, how do they objectify her? Because they, like, focus a lot on her boobs and her butt. Like, the camera angles, quote-unquote, camera angles in the show are just... Oh, it's a problem in other shows, too. It's not just this one, but it's like... Yeah, they just, like... I don't know how to explain it without, like, just giving you an example, but it just pisses me off to no end. And the the fact that she's, like, always... She's so useless as a character. Like, she doesn't even hold pull her own weight around, like, on the ship. Like, she hasn't demonstrated any abilities that I'm like, yes, this justifies you being a bounty hunter and being there with this team. And then she's, like, always complaining, like, ugh, men, they're so stupid, and why do they have to do this? And she's, like, always has, like, a beauty mask on, and she's, like, oh, I have to go now, and anyway, (laughs) see, I just generally feel like women are not treated very well in anime, uh, and that's one of my issues with the genre, but um what was i talking about oh that was so easy (laughs) (laughs) so we are like i said only six episodes in and i'm sure other crazy stuff is gonna happen but i'm just not super impressed with it at the moment i just like i i I keep comparing it in my head to like trigun because it's like i said more procedurally which is what Trigun was at the very beginning. It was more of just like an adventure of the week sort of thing. Whereas from the outset, like Escaflone was very serialized. Um, so Trigun, I feel like by the sixth episode, had the characters, had the world very well established. Like I knew who Vash the Stampede was from like the get go. And oh my, yeah. yeah that is so fucking hot. <laughs> She's about to fall out into space. Yep. Not zero gravity on those boobs, though. For everyone listening at home, I have shared a screen of Faye Valentine in a provocative pose. I will not show the rest of the things I found on a Google image search. Hot, my hot posters. A lot of hentai coming up on that search. Yeah, I bet. Jeez. So, Brad, tell me, does it get better? I like the mystery of Spike, and I forget what his nemesis is called. Mm, um, something stupid. Was that the brother that shows up and they have the shootout in the church? I think so. God, it's been a long time. Which I assume it's his brother. He said something about, like, we have the same blood. And I'm like, am I going to watch another 26-episode anime about two brothers who have a, like, duel and stuff? I don't know if it's his brother like, I think they just, like, that it might have been like, hey, you know, we're, we're tight, we're brothers. Uh, but he, he killed his, like, love of his life, so. No, oh, I haven't gotten there yet. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, you know, just trying <laughs> to sell it. Um, God, what's the other character's name, though? That hasn't shown up yet. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. I guess I use the internet to find out. Well, I ain't going to worry about it. I, I'm trying to. I remember the dog's name because the dog is amazing. Super smart dog. Well, I assume Porky. that him, yeah, Ein, I'm short, uh, is short for Einstein, right? Yeah. Okay. Which, um, I do like Jet. I think he's cool. Edward, that's, oh, Vicious, okay. 
Yeah, Vicious, Vicious. that's right. Because I, I heard his name and I was like, oh, are we going to have another one of these, like, the their names in these anime are weird. Because <laughs> we had Vash and then we had Knives and then we now we have Spike and we have uh, Vicious. Yeah, I, I, Vicious, Knives, and like Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII all have like the same vibe to me. <laughs> eh, it's understandable. Like they're antithesis of the hero mm-hmm. and they have like, like a, basically the hero but just bad yeah like the superman 3 version of superman i yeah. don't know never saw superman 3 anyway again not super impressed with it but i'll keep watching because i do like uh steve blum who voices spike spiegel he's one of the best voice actors out there i think so sure yeah, Ryan's like, who gives a shit? Ryan, actually, still there? Actually, Steve Blum both, uh, voices Sub-Zero, so yeah, he is good. See, I knew who you were talking about, lawyer. I mean, he voices like half of all characters in just animated media, period. So he was a mon in The Legend of Korra. I think he might have been somebody in Avatar The Last Airbender. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to watch. Hard to watch any kind of cartoon without running into him. He's and he does a lot of stuff for you know video games too. Yep, like Sub Zero. Yep, exactly. Anyway, you don't want to hear me rant about anything else, so that's all (laughs) I've been watching. Man, it's so easy to get you going on something. Zach, what'd you watch this week? Um, I only watched two things. Um, I watched um, a little film called Mr. Lucky. Uh, starring yes. Jerry Grant. Uh, this is a film that Ryan was recommending to me for the longest time. I think it's been about a year of recommendation on this one. Um, and uh, it's really, really cool. I really love this movie. Um, uh, I know Ryan's described it before, but I'll give like a brief description. It's about a guy who, um, Cary Grant plays a gambler who, are, he's, he's not really a gangster, is he, Ryan? Like, he's, he's um, more of a con man. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's definitely a, a confidence man. Yeah, so he's a con man who runs a gambling ship, and he's trying to get money um, to uh, invest in his latest scheme. And at the same time, he's been called to the draft as 1A, because uh, it's during World War II. Um, and he switches identities with a guy who's dead that was declared 4F. Um, which means you aren't able to serve. And um, so he uses this new identity to track down the money and to keep out of the draft. And amidst all of it, he ends up working for the war relief office and plans a plans a, uh, a an Ocean's Eleven-esque scheme to get the money from the war relief fund that's supposed to send supplies overseas into his pocket. So Cary Grant's not a good guy in this movie whatsoever. He's a... Uh, he, he's, uh, He's a bit of a much more of a scoundrel than he's been allowed to play in other movies. Um, he does have a redemptive Rick Blaine type of arc, I want to say, where it's a guy who's not really doesn't give a shit about the war and then has to learn over time to love uh, to care about the war. Um, and I just loved it. His performance in it is fantastic. Lorraine Day is wonderful in the film. It's a it's a, an RKO film, so it's not, a, but it's owned by warners right now but it has the feel of a warner brothers gangster movie at times it's it's much more violent than i'd expect a movie like this to be because it's kind of playing off as a dark comedy um and uh there's there's a part of me that we were brian and i were talking about could the um 
uh, could Cary Grant have been in the big sleep because Raymond Chandler wanted Cary Grant for the role of Philip Marlowe? And after watching Mr. Lucky, my conclusion is, is that the only thing that Cary Grant would, that you would need to rewrite the script in favor of Cary Grant is how do you, you'd have to get him to a point of anti-heroism, but it wouldn't be that much of a job, like a rewrite job. Like, I think you could make him Philip Marlowe. I think it's just hard nowadays because Bogart did it so well that it would be hard for us to try to put anybody else in anybody else's specific roles sometimes. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a well-directed movie. It's available on Warner archive. I would definitely check out the film. It, it's, I think it's one of my top five favorite Car- Cary Grant performances. And I've been dissecting all of his performances through Hitchcock, which are amazing. So this is a, this is a standout for me. Um, it's, yeah, it's one of his uh, forgotten movies. And I always liked it because it caught me by surprise because of uh, in it, he's pretty, he plays it pretty dark throughout the, uh, throughout the film. And then his redemptive arc is held really close to his vest. Yeah. Um, but he also ends up killing a dude during his redemptive arc by stomping his foot, man. That is, and it's bloodier than most movies of the era. Like not even a Warner brothers gangster movie gets that bloody at times. Like the scene where he's uh, uh, leaning over the arch of the stairs, uh, or I guess the, the staircase, the staircase handle and the blood is just dripping out. Like it's, it's much more violent than I would have expected a movie from that era to be, let alone a movie with Cary Grant. I think that the bigger point is that it's a movie with Cary Grant. I'm not expecting blood to happen. Um, uh, it, it, even in a Hitchcock movie, he hasn't like really run into that. No. Um, so yeah. And, and the supporting cast is awesome. And uh, I don't know if I told you last night, Ryan, but that knitting scene, the whole knitting thing just fucking killed my, killed me. I, I was laughing my butt off because it's, it's not because, Oh, it's isn't it funny that a man's knitting? That's not where the humor's coming from. What's what the humor's coming from is is that Cary Grant eventually flips it on other men and points out their their uh, insecure masculinity, and then they get into the knitting action. So it's kind of just the way it's shot. Yeah. Um, and then also the just the way he's scheming around, like it, it's he he's a likable con man, like a Danny Ocean type, but he's not a good guy. Um, nope. so I mean, he's trying to steal money from the charity for world war ii relief so yeah, yeah it, it's good. so it's so weird if you were gonna like i've talked about george clooney kind of reminds me of cary grant to a certain extent just in terms of how they not just how they look but also sometimes how they uh throw their swagger around it's not the same but it's clooney's got his own version of it and i was like man it'd be so interesting if you were gonna remake any cary grant movie with george clooney in its place this might be a good one because he can play off of the Danny Ocean thing, but get a little nastier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was wonderful. And like, it's a World War II film. So it, uh, and I, I've been having some uh, memories of my grandfather lately. So I was like, I want to pop in Casablanca because it's the second greatest movie of all time. And it still is, guys. It's still pretty fucking wonderful. Um, and uh, I just, the, I don't think I really was, there's, there's something about watching it on that 4K TV because everything's a lot clearer. Every time I watch the movie, more things are popping out because I've seen this film at its worst possible condition to its best possible quality. And there's just stuff in the background that I'd never noticed before, different audio that I'd never noticed before. So like, I'm always learning from this film and I do really appreciate um, the, the, how it continues to teach um, within that respect. Um, 
So yeah, that's all I really watched this week. I spent the last the the majority of the week writing a feature outline, so I uh, dedicated a lot more of my time to that. Nice, Brad. Um, yeah, I didn't watch a lot either. Um, I uh, yeah, no movies. <laughs> no movies. I uh, yes. Well, now I know why you've been quiet for the last like <laughs> twenty minutes. Or else. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or else. Brad, please put make that our backgrounds on our uh, stuff. Thank you. <laughs> um, for those of you listening at home, I've shared our first uh, promo graphic for our release, The Last Action Hero 4K Special Edition Blu-ray. Um, and I'm pretty proud of the hashtag. Yes. It's a hashtag last 4 k hero, <laughs> which is what they would... It's just kind of like action hero if the four is an A. And... Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to specify too. I want bonus features on this motherfucker. Yeah, I put special edition up there. Yep. Special edition, yeah. 4K special edition, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they release it in 2023, it'll be the 30th anniversary release, but we shouldn't have to wait that long. No. I mean, unless they ask us to do a commentary, in which case... Oh, how cool would that be? Yeah, just be like, we started this little... <laughs> all right assholes you want this movie to come out you're gonna do the commentary for it sweet all right I'm the only it. problem i see with it brad is that i don't notice charles dance anywhere on the section of the poster that you used yeah he's down there somewhere well maybe he's like you know above the heroes but well, i can't see because it because no one cares about charles dance we want to see schwarzenegger I love Charles Dance. I don't care about Schwarzenegger. See, the yep. problem is the rest of the poster has other text Green on it. Don't you care about me? That will compete with the text I have, so it's got to stay out of the frame. Yep. Sorry, Green, Charles. What's wrong with me? I'm Arnold. It's me. It's not my, my fault they put Charles Dance next to the credits. So <laughs> it, it is true that this is one instance where it's not Brad's or Even this team has got a higher billing than him. <laughs> you know, after I, <laughs> after I. Uh, saw this movie i always wanted to see jack slater 3 uh because you know his son dies in it and i think it's so interesting when the hero fails i think it'd be an interesting movie yeah it's like the avengers endgame of the jack slater series yep. <laughs> or <laughs> infinity war and wait infinity war is the third avengers movie and it's jack slater <gasps> 3 <gasps> dude it's all connected <laughs> hashtag it's all connected I'm going to look through the credits to see if the Russos are involved with the last action hero. <laughs> Anywho, uh, this week, I uh, Netflix released Community. Um, so, yeah, I've watching that too. Oh, yeah. That popped up on my recommended list. I need to start watching it. You should. It's awesome. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I know Ryan lent me his uh, DVDs years ago, but I think it was just <laughs> season one and two at that time. Yeah. I mean, I think I last watched it maybe 2015 so mm-hmm. a lot has happened since then uh all six there's six seasons right yep yeah. six seasons in a movie but two of the <laughs> two of them the are for, of <laughs> two of them are for yahoo right i think the last one's yahoo just the last yeah. one i think the first five were on nbc because i'm on season five and uh spoilers i get some of the characters are gone what so it seemed like it was the yahoo reboot oh maybe so I don't know if they got two seasons on Yahoo. It seems like they did, but I don't know. I wasn't sure. But yeah, it's definitely different uh, once two of the characters are gone. 
Uh, but it's fun. Um, I am a little like a lot of the episodes um, revolve around them just sitting around the table, like admitting all the shitty things they've done to each other. Yep. So that part of it kind of got tiresome. You know, when you're binge watching it, you're like, I'm watching the same, they, you know, scene over and over again. Up, they get wackier with those conversations. So that's why I like watching it like as much as like it, with those scenes, because it gets, They've escalated, at least throughout those first three seasons, they find a way to escalate those conversations even further. Uh, it just seems like some of the stuff they, like, they just make up, I don't know, they, a lot of the stuff they make up is just kind of arbitrary, just because like, oh, this, you know, this, this up, one-ups the other person as far as you know, shady things they've done. But I really enjoy the, uh, you know, the stuff where like, the school gets taken over and there's like, this huge competition, mm-hmm. maybe, like paintball or like a dance or something. Um, yeah. Or like the the lava, like the floor's lava episode. Yep, um, was fantastic. Like, I would want to make a whole movie of that. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's not a real one. Jeff and I thought you looked like the Cookie Crisp Wizard with it, which is not even a reference I get because when I was a kid, the Cookie Crisp mascot was a burglar. It wasn't even a wizard. <laughs> What 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 accent are you doing, Zach? It's supposed to be Donald Glover. I can't do him, but that's one of my favorite moments in that fucking series is when he just breaks down and talks about the Cookie Crisp Wizard. <laughs> I've been binge watching it. I have not. I cannot quote a single line from the show. Oh, I used so. to love Community in College, man. Um, <laughs> I haven't watched it since though, but I can remember stuff. Yeah, the the and the meow meow beans episode. I didn't realize like it was season five. Really, like it seemed like such an earlier thing. Um, I don't know. Maybe time was just like I thought it was more recent, or no, not recent. Uh, like ages ago. I, you know, it seems like this show has been on recently, and I guess not. Like it, no, I mean, I think the first ago. season was two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. eleven, I think. Yeah, it's a ser- it's a show that took a long time to get its like more longer to get its legs than you would think. I don't think it ever did. I think it was always on the threatened to be canceled. Yeah, well, did it, like Dan Harmon get fired like in the second season or something? Yeah, uh, after the third. Yeah, it's it's two thousand nine to two thousand fifteen. Wow, two thousand nine, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah, and then I guess if it is two seasons on Yahoo and ended in twenty fifteen. But it doesn't seem like it's been off the air like that long. I know. That's five years that they haven't made any new stuff. So, mm-hmm. but you know, six seasons. Actually, I, I, I've missed the episode where they talk about the six seasons in a movie. Like, I don't know where that quote comes from. It's pretty early. And it's, it's, um, it's supposed to be for the cape because, yeah. uh, Abed's a fan of the cape and he's, they're demanding six seasons in a movie. <laughs> um, so yeah, if they ever bring it back, they should just go straight for the movie. Mm hmm. And complete the, the yeah. whole mythology. A, a, a big part of their issue was that Chevy Chase is Chevy Chase, and they had more than one problem with him on set, so that's why he disappeared. And then I, Donald Glover left. I can't remember why he left, but I, I think it's just because of his recording career. career yeah. yeah, I guess Childish Cambino. Yeah, but I mean, the boat he sails away on is called the Childish Tycoon. So. <laughs> <laughs> At first, I was like, "Oh, that's just funny," because that's what Pierce would, yeah, that's the, uh, you know, Pierce's yeah. boat would be called. But as yeah. far as his career goes, I'm like, ah, that's a nod, yeah, yeah. 
Childish Gambino. Um, it's a shame because he is good on – Chase was good on the show. It's just Chevy Chase is an asshole. But. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I watched was uh, I rewatched the uh, Ninja Turtles, uh, The Next Mutation. Nice. Um, live action series. Uh, I thought they had both seasons on Netflix, but I guess it's just the one or they're calling – I have to look at my DVDs, but uh, it seems like there's 26 episodes and that seems like two seasons worth. Yeah. But, um, uh, there's they, they don't have the Power Rangers episode, the crossover one on their list. So I don't know if that's like just unique to the Power Rangers series or what. So I have to do some investigations. But yeah, it's pretty terrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's, the nostalgia factor, like it, it's fun, but um, you know, the, the it's cool they have animatronic suits and everything for like that level of show. Um, but the, the storylines are pretty, pretty rough and the dialogue is pretty terrible objectively, <laughs> but it's still fun. I enjoy walking down memory lane. You know, they, they tried. It was a good effort, but it, it's, 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 it's clearly them trying to cash in on the, uh, the power Rangers style show at the time. You know, I never got into Power Rangers, and it's so popular, and I never understood the appeal. Yeah, like, it's 6 a.m., you know, it was part of some, I think, Fox anime or early morning block. Um, you know, it's just something to watch, and it just kind of grew from there. Hmm. Well, you know, Ryan, when you're five years old and your brain is basically a Lego, you'll watch whatever your parents put in front of you. Yeah, yep. that's, that's and pretty much That's why my kid has never seen Power Rangers. <laughs> I I did, but I got over it like pretty quick. So. Yeah, I think I was on that train for like two years. Yeah, uh, I was on the Pokemon train longer than I was Power Rangers. Yeah, but that all dissipated when Peanuts entered my life. So yeah, I remember it's like the morning started with like Conan, uh, Conan the Barbarian, the animated series, and then yeah, Power Rangers, and then it was off to school, and then um, eventually it like grew into prime time, and then they've had like I don't know twenty different series <laughs> since then. Yep. Oh yeah. They'll never stop that. It's a it's a money machine for them. Um yeah, that's all I watched this week. Hey Corinne, what is the first rated R movie you've ever seen? Um, I remember going to the drive in with my family and Deep Blue Sea was playing. Nice. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't supposed to be watching it, but I kinda did. That's but awesome. the first one I remember going to see like for real, for real, was three hundred. Oh. Okay. Was a, no, actually, it would have been V for Vendetta, I think. All right. What was your first one, Ryan? Um, Predator. Predator? <laughs> Ooh, very nice. You yep. were like, what, three months old? Uh, probably. <laughs> no, I was. I remember being young. My dad, uh, when my, my parents got divorced and he was living in a apartment in Arvada, and if you walked oh, by... Are you okay? Oh yeah, <laughs> my parents were divorced, and I had to watch rated R movies. Um, and we had—if you walked behind his apartment, went down a hill, there's an old mom and pop video store. Mm-hmm. And my dad told them that we could rent any movie we wanted, so we rented Predator. And my dad said, "Good choice," and he watched it with us. Yeah. Um, mine was uh, Tombstone because my dad didn't know it was rated R. And then the first one I saw in a theater was Gladiator. The week after it won the Oscar, my dad took me to the IMAX version. Uh, yeah. Brad, what about yours? 
I think mine might be Predator also. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. You bunch of old farts. Uh, let's see, where's that mute button for Corinne? Yeah. <laughs> I would just like to say, before Ryan goes, that when I was talking earlier, Brad made like a whole freaking poster, mm-hmm. and Ryan posted stuff on the Real Nerds page, so... Clearly, nobody gives a shit about what I think anymore. No, it's we don't give a shit about the blacklist. It's not what you think. It's the sure. blacklist. Uh-huh. Sure. Wait, you were posting on Facebook? Uh, and Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the Star Wars thing? Yep. Okay. I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I just watched a few things. I watched uh, Jason X because the, it was the 18th anniversary of Jason X last week. Let the uh, bodies hit the floor. Who <laughs> yeah. can vote? Yeah, and, for now. Uh, <laughs> um, it's a it's a fun movie. It's yeah. pretty it's pretty silly, but if I want to kill an hour and twenty five minutes, there's worse ways to do it. Yeah, and you get uh, to see David Cronenberg doing some silly shit because why not? Well, uh, I, I was when you listen to the commentary, he agreed to do it as long as he got killed first. So yeah, <laughs> technically he gets killed second, but it's still awesome. Yeah. But he still gets to do some fun little like secret government shit. It's it's a lot of fun. I like I, I like that movie. It's 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 a it's a fun blast of a time. Yep. I agree, it's fun. Yeah. Um so sometimes you make mistakes in your life, guys. Mm-hmm. And um Scream Factory was running this cabin fever sale. So all their titles were twenty five to thirty percent off or something like that. Oof. So I ordered a couple. And um, right now they're a little behind in orders because of, you know, coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So I have them trickling in. And the first one I got was uh, Women's Prison Massacre. <laughs> and this movie's so awesome because it totally objectifies women. And <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, the, it's bad. Like, really bad. Like, uh, super bad. Like, yeah. What? A women's prison movie that objectifies women and yep. is bad? Hmm. Never would have yep. thought. Where, like, Caged Fury is cool because there's, like, this super hot lesbian warden who punishes the girls and there's, like, uh, unnecessary gore in it. This movie is a co-production of Italian and American and one other country. And so every actor is speaking whatever language they normally speak. And then all the dialogue is redubbed. So none of the dialogue syncs. Um, and the dialogue is garbage anyways. And you always hope that a movie is so bad that it's, you know, entertaining to watch. And there's a couple times when I laughed because it was so stupid. But for the most part, I just really wanted to see, um, like, the poster of it has this woman holding an assault rifle over her head about to bash someone's head in. That never happens. And that's all I want. I, I want to see that. Um, well, those, those posters would always lie to you. Like, they never have anything as cool as the poster. Unless it was, like like a bigger budget, like, like a coffee or a Foxy Brown or a shaft, you know? Yeah. But you know, there's a, there's a certain charm to exploitation films. Yeah. And if you get one that is bad, then it's a, it's a tough watch. Oh yeah. And where I don't like, it's not horrible, horrible. It's horrible. So yeah. you just, just take away one horrible and it's horrible. Um, I just, I don't know. I was hoping that it just be a little better. I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be good, but, yeah. you know. It, it, there's not always, there's not, not every 
exploitation film is worth your time and watch. Like it, that's a situation where like it does help to go to those lists by other filmmakers who spent their time with those films because then you get pointed to the best ones possible because there is a there are there is trash among that treasure. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it's one of those movies that I think people probably like because it's so bad. Um, but uh, you know, I, even I have limits. I mean, it's there's some uh, like I think I on my Scream Factory uh, crypt I gave it like a D minus or something mm-hmm. because there's one part where <laughs> the guards are holding this lady, making this lady put her face in the water until she almost drowns, and then she puts her head up, gasping for air, and then they beat her with a baton, but the batons are like foam. So every time they hit her, they bounce off her and bend. So it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I've been watching the Joel McHale show with Joel McHale because I've been watching Community as well. And that show is awesome. Um, only two seasons. Sad. Um, uh, for my Kate watch this week, I, I watched actually a really great movie that I've never seen before. It's called uh, Veronica Guerin, mm-hmm. which is a true story about a investigative reporter in Ireland who started uncovering uh, the heroin and uh, methamphetamine scene in, in Ireland. And she was assassinated by the drug Lords and um, Kate Blanchett is awesome in it. And it's a Joel Schumacher movie. And what I really like about Joel Schumacher thrillers is he doesn't make them bloated. Um, this movie's maybe an hour and 30 minutes long. So it, gets to the point of her uncovering all these people and how she ends up uh, tragically being killed. And I mean, it's a true story. And I went and looked uh, online afterwards and did some research on uh, Veronica Guerin and this movie follows it really closely. Um, I mean, one time she was attacked in her home and she was shot in the leg. And then instead of um, backing down, she actually doubled down against the drug Lords and she ended up being assassinated in her car. And after that, they started, they passed a bill in Ireland where they would freeze the accounts of suspected drug kingpins. So they basically took all their money away because of uh, the work she did. So it's a, it's a sad story. And uh, it's, you know, every time I watch Kate Blanchett in a film, uh, she has to, she's one of the best actresses working today because she is so freaking amazing in every movie she's in. Mm-hmm. yep love it that's a schumacher film i didn't know about so i'll have to check it out yeah it only grossed like a million dollars is kind of forgotten about yeah it came out um, in 2003 so that was that's uh i mean i'm looking it up right now and it's uh it's a bruckheimer production like it's, yep yikes i don't how do i know this how do we not know about this movie <laughs> um i also watched a movie called the loved ones which i have a a coworker who is a really big horror movie fan and he always sends me uh, films to watch. And so this one is about um, a, a, a teenage guy who's going to prom. Uh, he's depressed and uh, he's afraid to drive because he's involved in an accident at the beginning of the movie where his, he was driving and he had an accident and his dad was killed in it. Yeah. So he's, so he's kind of depressed and uh, on his way to prom, uh, that day or a couple of days before prom, he gets asked to prom by this girl. And he says, you know, sorry, uh, I'm already going with my girlfriend. And uh, before prom, he goes out and he gets kidnapped and you find out he was kidnapped by the girlfriend's dad. And it kind of goes into this weird Australian uh, Texas chainsaw massacre style movie. Mm. Um, it's really brutal. Um, 
and I, I don't want to talk too much about it because uh, it goes into the uh, spoiler territory. Uh, the title, The Loved Ones, is when you find out what The Loved Ones is, is really uh, kind of creepy. Um, it's, um, it's actually a pretty good film. Uh, it, it's on Amazon Prime. Um, I recommend everybody check it out. It's cool. It's, uh, yeah, violent. Yeah, I've, and I've heard about the movie. I just never got around to watching it, so I'm glad it's on Prime now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, check it out. Uh, the last thing I watched was uh, Mortal Kombat Scorpion's Revenge which is a new animated movie from Warner Brothers. And it's um, rated R, and it's awesome. Um, Steve Bloom plays uh, Sub-Zero in it. And uh, basically, it follows the first story of the first Mortal Kombat game, but with some tweaks, which I appreciated since I know the story because I'm a huge Mortal Kombat fan uh, very well. So it's like beautifully animated and uh, the fatalities in it are awesome at the beginning. Um, if you don't know the story of Sub-Zero and Scorpion, uh, they're rival ninja clans. And one day Scorpion and his son are out and he comes back to his village and the Lin Kuei, the Sub-Zero's uh, ninja clan have murdered his whole clan and his wife. And then Sub-Zero ends up murdering uh, Scorpion's son and he kills Scorpion as well. Scorpion goes to hell and comes back and seeks his revenge, which is uh, basically the premise of the film. And uh, the opening 10 minutes of when Scorpion comes back and finds his wife dead and he starts killing all the Lin Kuei people. It's so awesome. And they do uh, like x-ray moves, but in anime style. So when Scorpion throws his spear, it'll do an x-ray move of the spear going through the dude's like neck and breaking his neck. Um, and eyeballs popping out. It's super brutal and super awesome. Um, it's one of my favorite movies of the year so far because I'm a big Mortal Kombat fan, and they they did it good. Is it uh, is it like animated anime style or is it like regular animation? Uh, it's kind of a blend. It's a definitely a new style. It doesn't look like they're DC movies. Um, it's a little more stylized, okay. but. Um, it's a, it's like a blend of the DC animation mixed in with anime. Um, Maybe Brad could pull it up so we can all see it. Uh, Joe McHale plays uh, Sub-Zero. I mean, Johnny Cage in it. And it's perfect casting because um, Joe McHale is a smartass, just like Johnny Cage. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, the voice actors are all top notch. Um, yeah. This, this unfortunately lends into my um, uh, ignorance on video games because I'm not... I'm not very Mortal Kombat savvy outside of button smashing when I played it with friends. Um, I don't think I've ever even seen the movie that uh, 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 Death Race guy did. Paul W. Sanderson. Paul W. Sanderson. It's okay. Yeah, okay. It's PG-13. It's a Mortal Kombat movie that's PG-13. It's oh, ridiculous. Yeah. That sounds gross. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Here we go. Oh. I mean, it's a green band trailer, but I mean, I guess you'll get the idea. Is there a red one? There is a red band trailer. Brad, you belong to YouTube Premium? Yep. Okay. Someone hooked me up. Is it because Cobra Kai? Yep. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Prepare to fight. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I don't it's know like, if they should... it's like Splinter's origin story. <laughs> yeah. 
Yikes. I don't know so, if you've ever seen the animated Doctor Strange movie, but it kind of looks like a higher budget version of that. There's the x-ray stuff. <laughs> wow. This looks intense. Yeah, it's awesome. Kind of reminds me of the style they did for that Batman Gotham Knights uh, uh, direct-to-video one. Do any of the other Mortal Kombat characters make appearances? Hang on. Oh, look at that thing explode. It's his middle fingers there. Was that Raiden? He's the one I always win with, so I always play him. <laughs> Sorry. Kellen's having a meltdown playing Minecraft. Bad language. <laughs> What's the next thing to say? Tons nope. of violence. Jeez. Yeah, it does kind of like the, the Doctor Strange movie. Have you seen that, Ryan? I haven't. Oh. Eh, yeah. Maybe I'll keep checking out someday. There's a part in there where Goro's ripping Jax's arms off. And uh, it show it does an x-ray and it shows the muscles starting to tear apart. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, that's what I watched this week. Cool. Uh, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw Extraction. Corinne, should people see Extraction? Um, sure. I don't care. <laughs> okay. it, was a well, it was a well-made movie. It was just really brutal. And I, it's just not my, my thing. Okay. Uh, Zach, should people see Extraction? Um, I don't think you should not watch it. Um, I, I liked Chris Hemsworth in it a lot. I appreciated the performances. My biggest issue is just that the story is kind of meh. But it's still a lot of fun action sequences. It's shot very well. Uh, and it's a good two hours, so it's not, like, demanding too much of your time. So, I, yeah, I'd totally check it out. Brad? Uh, I only watched half of it, so... Oh. <laughs> uh, not because not it was bad, but I just I, I only watched half of it. Um, but, yeah, like like Zach said, the story hasn't grabbed me, but the action is pretty sweet so uh, it, it took a while to get to a point like there's a lot of cliche stuff that I was rolling my eyes at um, but then you know some cool inventive action sequence would pop up and that made it better but story wise I'm still waiting for it to get going I think this movie is totally badass it, I had so much fun watching this movie um, yeah it's, it's a little cliched at the beginning but um, yeah. that the set piece in the middle is astounding um, it's definitely worth watching mm -hmm. just for the 30 minute straight action shot. Oh yeah. Is, it's is very, pretty awesome. very, it's the, the, we'll get into it in the review, but the choreography in this film is fantastic. Yeah. Here's the uh, trailer for extraction. You're hoping if you spin the chamber enough times, you're going to catch a bullet. 
This is an extraction. So who the players? Biggest drug lord in India versus biggest drug lord in Bangladesh. <laughs> Some mythic shit, huh? It's a kidnapping. Drug lord's son. Clock's running at 16 hours. Proof of life is of six hours ago. You do exactly as I say. Who are you? Name? Ovi. Move fast. Stay low. Something's wrong. The city's on lockdown. Yeah, no shit! The job is fucked, Tyler. Tyler. Just find my money. Walking corpse, and there's no way to protect him. You have a family. Yeah, son. He died a few years ago. The best thing you could do for that kid would be to put a bullet in his brain. We can send a chopper and get you out, but you gotta leave the kid behind. Are you gonna leave me in the street? Hang on as tight as you can. Can you trust me? No. Good. No! Are you always discreet? I'm not brave. You rescue people? Sometimes. Sometimes I do other things. Bum bum. So <laughs> we should say that is this is uh, technically also a Russo brothers joint by default because Joe Russo wrote the script yep. and um, his brother Anthony produced it with him. So um, uh, and the stunt coordinator from some of the Marvel movies was the director. Yeah, in it, uh, Chris Hemsworth plays a mercenary who is hired to save the son of a mob boss. And uh, he goes there and it doesn't go as planned. Nope. He's double crossed. Yep. And so he decides he's going to save this kid no matter what. And it sets off a, a bloody battle across the streets of India. Mm hmm. Mumbai. Yeah. Is it Mumbai? I don't even No, it's Bangladesh. Yeah, cuz the Bangladesh, Bangladesh uh, the the Bangladesh drug lord is the one that kidnaps him from Mumbai. Oh, okay, from Mumbai, yeah. Yeah, um but uh yeah, no, I I I I'll tell you the the I've never seen Chris Hemsworth do this kind of role before and that's one of the reasons why I'd recommend people watch it is cuz you know, we've how many years has it been really since well, a Thor would have been the first thing we really, really would have seen him in. But Cabin in the Woods, I guess, he gets to be a little edgier. But this is the first time you see him, like, get down into the dirt. Like, he's 
he's a pill popping, drinking motherfucker in this movie. It's 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 sad to watch. <laughs> well, he's depressed. He uh, his son died, yep. and he and he has no he has no reason to live. And it's also cool that he kept his Australian accent through it. You don't see that very often with him. Yeah, absolutely. That's that. I always like that when Australian actors are allowed to actually use their voice because I I always. It's not that they can't do English correctly. I'm more just like, oh, I just want to hear your actual voice. Like Kate Blanchett's done it rarely. Yeah. Um, and same with Nicole Kidman. So, um, but yeah, no. And and that scene in the middle, the the middle sh- chunk of the movie with that action scene is fantastic. I wish it was less um, digital blood and more actual squibs. But I understand that with what they were trying to pull off, you can't do like a bunch of complicated squib action in order to pull that off correctly. So, what I, I like too is, I, I mean, it's it's one continuous shot, uh, and I'm using air quotes that nobody can see, yeah. um, but it's choreographed in a cool way where, yeah, you can kind of tell where they cut the film. But um, what I liked about it is. I mean, I like the John Wick movies, but unlike John Wick, uh, you know, Chris Hemsworth character, he gets fucked up and it affects him throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's weird. He doesn't, it's, John Wick kind of revives the same way a video game does because those movies are pretty much video games. Uh, This one, like he, he just pops some Vicodin anytime he's, or or, uh, yeah, Oxycontin anytime he's uh, uh, after a battle. And in fact, it's actually a bit of a plot point with David Harbour's character where he's mm-hmm. just like taking this for back, neck, everything. And he's like, like oh, my, my leg's killing me. I think two ought to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. David Harbour's fun in this movie too. He only gets two scenes, but he kills it in the scenes he's in. Um, I, I actually like, I haven't watched the Hellboy movie he was in, but I do like David Harbour. So I'm glad that he get, got a chance to do some fun stuff in this. Yeah. All in flip-flops too. <laughs> Um, and then, the, yeah, and then the final sequence too actually is well, very well executed. It's got a lot yeah. of tension within it too. The sniper, the sniper at the end is uh, uh, was one of my favorite sequences in the film, just because of how they were. It, we're not really relying on dialogue. We're really watching it from a visual perspective and all action, and it just it, it, it told it, it moved that story along really well by the end. So. Yep, Corinne, you weren't very impressed with it. Why? Well, like I said, it's a well-made movie. Uh, thought you know like all the technical aspects of it were great and i thought the kid who plays um crap what's his name like vosh or ball or something crap i can't remember that's ovi Ovi, uh, yeah it's ovi yeah ovi yeah um i thought he did he really did a great job considering you know he's up against uh uh, hemsworth for so much of the movie but uh it was just there's just a lot of like just death and just really just brutal stuff and that scene where oh gosh well two scenes really both of them involve kids being killed which i didn't appreciate but the Uh one where he initially gets kidnapped and they shoot his friend for literally no reason i'm like why couldn't you just knock him out yeah does the same thing i mean it's not like you it's a secret that you're kidnapping him the whole point is that he knows who kidnapped him Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other scene was when the guy just threw the random kid off the roof because somebody stole the drug lord's money. And So I will say, for all the problems I had with the script in terms of it just being kind of generic, that the way they diff- the way they uh, make those characters unique, especially the bad guys, is interesting because 
that scene I wasn't expecting. Like that was some brutal shit for what's essentially an action movie. Like I don't see that that often in an action movie. So it was, it's, it's, it's a terrifying scene, but it's like, I was just like, wow, I did not expect them to go that far. I guess it's like they put that scene in there to kind of, both of those scenes in there to just prove like, you know, like the stakes are high and these guys are not to be trifled with. And, um, you know, just kind of give you and like, give you a sense of like, these are the, like, these guys are bad, you know, and they're bad to like this degree to the degree where they're just like throwing kids off of roofs. And it's like, I don't, I don't need that. I don't need to know how bad they are. They're bad. Like this is how movies work. I got it. You don't need to show them killing kids for me to think, wow, if I, if they hadn't killed kids, I would have thought they were the good guys, but. No, I don't think that's the point of them killing the children. I think it's the the point of them uh, hurting the kids in it is not to prove how bad they are. It just proves that they have no remorse and they don't. um, So them kidnapping this kid at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. All the people that they kill, along the way it doesn't matter because they have no redeeming qualities and they're just horrible people it's the basic idea that human life is cheap when it comes to this particular scenario that they're pulling off yep which because and and, um saju the guy who's um uh his father's um lead henchman um he's i liked his character a lot in the movie i like that they we gave him a lot of time he had an interesting arc yeah, and then when they have that team up at the end, uh, you know, like, he gets a bit of a redemption. My only frustration with his character is that he is such a badass in that final moment, but then he just gets clipped so easily. But Spoilers, I, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, but, but again, I, I, that's uh, just another point. It was, yeah, um, it might seem gratuitous to um, kill the kids in it, but also the reason why that part where he's uh, his buddy in crime is um, killed and it, it's looked at at whatever is it just goes back into the world they're in and the character that Chris Hemsworth plays. Yeah. That dude means nothing to him. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, if there's a thematic arc in this film, it's about the indifference of human life and how that, that Hemsworth needs to learn to reverse that theory in his head. Um, and I, 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 <laughs> The, I, I'm glad that they're going to make a sequel because I'd like to see Chris Hemsworth do some non-Thor stuff. But I... Make a sequel? They're making a sequel because that final shot in the movie shows that clearly he survived. Uh, oh, come on, man. man. <laughs> but he's in the background. <laughs> no sense. He got shot and beat up a bunch of times and then fell in a gross-ass river. But sure, he he's alive. But you don't drown in the river by falling in it. You f- drown in the river by staying in it. I'm not talking about him drowning. I'm talking about him getting infection, Zach. Uh, that's, I guess that's true. Well, you don't know what kind of doctors he knows. He's in the middle of, like, bumfuck Bangladesh. I mean, I don't know what kind of access to medical stuff he's going to have in the short time frame that he's going to have. I mean, out of the river. I, I mean, I, I don't know how he survives. Maybe the sequel will explain it. But, um, but yeah, the... I, I kind of almost wish there wasn't a sequel to this because then it would, you know, it would it would just be a nice, like... Yeah, I like that last shot and how it was kind of vague. Is like, is that him? Is he alive? Yeah. Or is the kid, like, just imagining him being there? Like, watching over him or something? Yeah, and it's... Also, why did the kid go back to his school if 
the people could have kid if the people the bad guys kidnapped him from that area in the first place i there's no problem with killing him well they didn't from kill, wherever they didn't, they're at they didn't kidnap him there they kidnapped him at like an isolated club so i mean yeah they probably do know where he goes to school so but uh, i mean apparently all you got to do is like give a little street urchin 20 dollars and a gun and just say go kill this kid for me and they'd probably do it um but there's um but yeah i, I the ending of it didn't like it, it, it i liked how vague it was even though it's clearly i mean at least from all poor intents and purposes it was meant to say that he survived but then when they announced the sequel today i was like oh okay so we know that he survived then because chris hemsworth signed for it unless he's gonna play unless they do a prequel a prequel or if he's just his brother or you know like uh, a twist like that but um but yeah, yeah, it's it's a fine movie. I just I I kind of wish that there are moments when this script pops for me really well, but then there are other moments where I'm just like, it's 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 pretty standard fare, but it, it manages to stand out and it's on itself in a way that I would watch it again if I had nothing else to watch. Um, but like, uh, it, yeah, it, it I think Hemsworth is what makes the movie because his personality is what's selling it. I really liked the scene where the kid was like, you know, you look at me the same way that my father does, where I'm more of a thing than a person. And, you know, going back to what you were saying, Zach, about like the writing being poor and the beats being predictable. Like I felt the same way too. Like once we got that shot of Chris Hemsworth's memory thing, I'm like, Oh, we're going to have a scene where he explains what happened to the, to the kid. And then um, so then that exchange where he's like, Oh, my son died. And the kid's like, how did he die? And I'm like, oh, it was cancer. And he's like, leukemia. And I'm like, boom. And he's like, how old was he? He was, uh, and then I say like, Oh, he's, he was seven or he was six. I forget. And then they say whatever it was. And I was like, ha ha. It's so freaking predictable. And but, like, but like the he... minute that, uh, what's his face, the, his friend showed up to save them. I was like, oh, he's going to betray him. Duh. Well, okay. Yeah. That, that I called a mile away, but what I'll say is, is that, like I said, for all that the writing lacks a little bit to an extent in terms of dialogue, there are moments where it gets smart with it. Like I actually like that in that scene, um, where he's explaining his grief, we're not cutting back and forth the flashbacks of the kid. Um, so clearly they knew some restraint. But also Hemsworth is selling it very well because he's doing a matter of fact performance. He's not, he's not like trying to oversell it too much. Like he's internalizing a lot of stuff and the performance shows with that. So I was actually appreciative that like, it, it, even if you have dialogue that's not up to snuff with say like an Avengers or whatever, where the dialogue is snappy and it's clever. If an actor's good enough, they're going to find a way to sell that dialogue. And Hemsworth's an actor who clearly can do that. So, you know, I, I think it, like I said, it, the, the performances carry the weight a lot more than I expected them to. Um, I wish we would have had a beat where, you know, they talk about like, you know, how his teammates got killed there at the beginning. Because mm -hmm. that never gets brought up. And the fact that he ends up teaming up with um, the, other, the other guy. Yeah, the one who killed them. I'm like, I get it. Like, you know enemy of my enemy is my friend sort of thing but it's like you didn't even have an exchange of like you know i forgive you for killing my teammates or this doesn't make us even or you, know, Corinne, you don't, you don't if, need that beat because again he doesn't care 
he yeah, doesn't. He, he's more on his own personal re, uh, personal redemption quest. So, like, it, it, it's by any means necessary in, in his eyes. Um, so, yeah. But. I'm just saying it, it would have felt, like, a little bit more realistic because, I mean, this guy killed your – presumably they're his friends, and he just is like, eh, whatever, like, I'll just team up with you. No big deal. Like, just something to well, let me no, know, he, like – no, he's teaming up with him as a means to an end. Because I get that, but just acknowledge it. it. I just wanted it to be acknowledged. It Ryan. doesn't need. It doesn't need to be. No, that I disagree. I think. I think that there's a balance. There, there might if if the film were maybe ten minutes longer, maybe. Hey, hang on, Zach. So, Corinne, you need that moment explained to you. But when he explains why his kid died is too much, it's like the same thing, right? No, I'm just saying that the. <laughs> When he talked about the kid dying, the dialogue was predictable. Like, I already knew what he was going to say. Okay, so he needs to say, like, hey, mate, I know you killed my my friends, but fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> no, I just, something. Maybe he doesn't even, maybe he doesn't even have to, like... Say anything, emote. that's perfect. <laughs> no, no, maybe he doesn't even have to be, you know, show any emotion about it. Just be like, you killed my teammates, and then just stare at him for a good three seconds and the guy just like oh yeah okay I, I guess, <laughs> you don't need it because hemsworth doesn't care i i i guess my question would be like how close was hemsworth to his teammates because he seems to not really care when he finds out they've been killed yeah that's he, what i mean he doesn't care he's all about business the only reason he asked that dude to help him is because that's the only way he's going to get out of that city yeah the only reason why yeah it's 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 a self-centered thing again again like you know like my ability to over overcome any logic issues like that is thanks to the way they that the actors are engaging me in that performance and the the story itself is pretty basic enough that you can have an actor carry you through that and logic doesn't need to always play a huge part into it just need to be a badass and and, and be smart about how you're delivering that that dialogue and like you know, his exchanges with Harbor, like I knew Harbor was going to portray them, but at the same time, I was able to appreciate it. It's, it's goes back a little bit to Hitchcock. If you set up like a trope of like, I know this person's going to betray me. There's kind of like an already established yeah. bomb under the table that you're going to see go off, but you're just, I was curious, how is Harbor betraying him? What it would be his logic. And what's interesting is that Harbor's logic is one I've never heard before, which is like, I'm not going to give you up. I'm giving the kid up. Like, it, they, yeah. he differentiates it. He tries to uh, justify well, it. And, so. too, the scene works. I mean, yeah, of course, you know, he's going to betray him. But the scene works, too, because Hemsworth is great in that. And he's telling, you know, him, he says, please don't do this. You know, don't do this. Don't do this. Yeah. Because it, he knows that the only way that they're going to get out of there, if they end up going to blows or whatever, Hemsworth knows that he's going to have to kill him. Yeah. And I think I also know that deep down that Joe Russo being the, being the creative that he is and like with his brother and whatnot, he's, he's making a movie like designed to do something and he technically gets the job done. Yeah. So I'm not like, not upset by it or anything. Oh, no. It's based on a comic book, which I'd be interested to read the comic book. Maybe. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's based on a graphic novel um, <sighs> where they changed the title. And then also something that, uh, him and Anthony worked on, but I, I, I didn't know what it was. So I'd have to look it up, but like, I'd be interested to see like, if, if there's content that they didn't use in that book, would they be able to uh, use it in the sequel? Like, is there something that could have added a further dimension? Cause again, my only issues is that it feels like it doesn't, it doesn't um, uh, distinguish itself the way it could. 
but mm-hmm. I'm totally fine with what I got. So um, I loved it. Yeah. I, I like action movies. Yeah. And this one's perfectly serviceable and has a lot of has a lot of interesting action to watch. Also, the whole thing is predicated on like how the one guy, Saju or whatever, can't pay the full amount. So I guess he pays like one like a deposit or something up front. But then when they have like proof of life or something and uh, or proof of possession, like he can't make the second payment. And I, I just, I don't, is, is this like a real life thing? Like, do people do this in like installments? <laughs> Cause it just seems so stupid. Like why wouldn't you just have the person pay everything up front? Because so then that way you're not investing resources and personnel. Into because if they thing. don't, if they don't get the kid out, then you just wasted all your money. And also the people who were contracting them for the job, they they explained up front that they don't have enough money to do a job like that. So it was already um, it was already uh, implied that they were that that he was going to have to make something up as he went along, and that's what he comes up with. No, I get I get why the Saju or whoever betrayed them. I just don't understand why the extraction team wasn't like you you have to pay everything up front. Because if they send in personnel and resources to get the kid and then they don't make the second payment, then you're like out and you just lost like a bunch of like, you know, like what if their team mem- members got killed and stuff like, well, that's why you hold on. all that time and resources and people and then they die or they get whatever. And then you're just out a bunch of money. Well, that's why you hang on to the kid until that transfer goes through. And then as soon as that transfer no, goes through, the lady was saying back. to ditch the kid. Yeah, well, then they got half their money. They're good to go. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's similar to the logic of a private detective where it's just like, I give you 100 now and 100 when the job's finished. Yep. It's a movie I mean, trope. But this is literally life and death stuff. I think if you're going to have people go and risk their lives to do something, then you want all the money up front and not take a job where the person doesn't pay. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, the game's the same. It's, 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 again, this movie follows action tropes to a T. And that's, and that's something that's been done in action films over the course of the last 30 to 40 years, like, since we got the invention of it with the hard body heroes in the 80s. Like, it, this is, this isn't, like, a new territory. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I'm not fully, I guess I'm not fully seeing um, how it, it's it's been done before so it's like I, I again it's why i say like it's something i've seen before yep it's fun yeah anyways um <laughs> i don't know what we're seeing next week yet. yeah i don't know either <laughs> we'll think about it yeah, we, we do another retro thing i know uh zach and i want to do dick tracy <laughs> Yeah, oh <laughs> we want to have some fun with that. I think part of it's because we want to do a commentary on it I too. Think, I think I'm going to get COVID next week. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll have fun with it, Brian. I, I uh, no, I've seen it. <laughs> I know, but like, how long has it been since you've seen it? Uh, years. You might have some fun with it in retrospect. We'll see. Maybe I'll put up a poll and people can vote for what we're going to watch. I know I already convinced Brad to do a commentary on the shadow at some point. So that'll be fun. Nice. Yeah. We're trying to do supplemental commentaries for each week. So we did a predator two, So that'll pop up sometime this week. Yeah. That's (laughs) we gave, we gave the predator that Danny Glover's hunting a name. (laughs) 
Corinne, any uh, <laughs> any suggestions for next week? Pinocchio. Yeah, I'm down for that. I could do that. I've got it on Blu-ray. I don't. I don't really care, honestly. Brad. Oh, cool. Steve's dead. <laughs> Corinne, are you okay? Yeah. You should. You should. You should care a little. Should you should talk about a movie you want us to talk about, but not Pride and Prejudice, unless. <laughs> And zombies is at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, then again, Charles Dance is in that movie, and that is true. Really good, you know, really good actors and actresses. They are. They elevate the material. The only problem is I don't own it, so I'd have to find it somewhere. Well, you could borrow it for me. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why we would review that though. We should we should find something that has like an anniversary, like what we've been doing. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Ooh, we could do Hunt for Red October. Ooh, that could be fun. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen that one. Wait, it's why? It's the 30th, 30th anniversary. Oh. Hunt for Red October came out in 1990. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that could be interesting. It's been a while since I've seen it. We'll figure it out. And then maybe, uh, not obviously not next week, but the following week, maybe we can do Film Explosion 90. Yeah, we can all uh, get back together in the same room. Yep. Sounds good to me. Yeah, if you, if any of you guys want to send me your list early so I can get a jump on that DVD, that'd be great. Yeah, I think I want to rewatch Dick Tracy before I give you my list. <laughs> well, how about we do you it this way? Know what the top three are going to be. You what? I said I definitely know what my top three are going to be. Oh snap! Right on. So, do you want to sit set aside maybe May seventeenth for it, and then we can also ramp up uh, promoting it. Yeah. yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be, cool. that sounds like a good idea. We can literally get the ball rolling tonight. Yeah, as long as uh, Henry and James can participate, uh, yeah. unless they specifically bow out, and yeah. Sweet. Yeah. We'll, we'll start it. Well, that gives them 13 days. So I Wait, think May 17th? Yeah. 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 Skip Mother's Day. Oh, that is Mother's Day. No, Mother's Day is the 10th. Oh, is it yeah, the 10th? Okay, the 10th. so we're good. <laughs> the following week... There's no mother-related holidays, so we'll be fine. Nice. And then Memorial Day weekend is after that. Yeah. Oh wait, I'm sorry. The 17th is Goodfellas Day, so we can't do it that day because um, you know I'll be off having an Italian dinner. So. Nice. And the 23rd is the <laughs> Judith Hogue uh, hosted Team and T pizza party. Yeah. So oh, shit. I won't be around. <laughs> nice. Cool. So we'll plan on that, and then um, I'll put up a poll for maybe. Our fans can tell us what we are going to review next week. Yeah. Everybody vote for Dick yeah. Tracy. The fans decide. Yep. They Everybody. won't pick Dick Tracy. <laughs> I got to go talk to Russia so I can create a bunch of fake accounts to <laughs> juice the poll. <laughs> Oops, did I say that out loud? Warren Beatty did make reds, so coincidence? Mm-mm. Thanks for listening, um, and we'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. 
Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.